This is Na Slovensku aj po anglicky. I'm your host, Jeremy Hill. On today's show... Dor de casa. Extraño estar en casa. Evi özlemek. Homesickness. To discuss this topic, I'll be speaking to four foreigners with unique perspectives on what it means to be homesick in Slovakia. First, let's start with a definition. Merriam-Webster Dictionary states that homesickness is a, quote, longing for home and family while absent from them. The word came to English sometime in the 1750s from the German word Heimweh. Of course, this was not the beginning of homesickness for English speakers. It's an experience that's as old as human migration. It's even mentioned in the Old Testament of the Bible and in Homer's Odyssey. Homesickness has been the subject of countless poems, novels, films, songs, and many other adored works of art. While its ability to inspire is celebrated, homesickness is also feared for its ability to hamper integration, trigger bouts of anxiety and deep depression, which can sometimes lead to illness and even death. This is in contrast to the word nostalgia, in its modern sense, which engenders a love for all things retro. This word came to us in 1688 from the Swiss medical student Johannes Hofer, combining the Greek words nostros, or homecoming, and algos, or pain. He coined the term to define the disease that afflicted so many immigrants and soldiers fighting abroad. Since then, nostalgia has come to mean a desire or affection for a time in the past. Brielle Zahn, from the USA, offered her interpretation of the two terms. I think so, yeah. I think that frustration is more that homesickness. Like, I want something or I remember something that I, you know, some some certain aspect of life in the place where I was born and raised and here I don't have it. And that usually leads to that frustration for me, right? Like, because there's a disconnect that I sometimes, not always, but sometimes can't remedy. And so that's a, a frustration for me. It's like, I'm just going to have to accept that this is what my life is like here. Right. And so I'm homesick. Right. And it's that sickness that, that for me, homesickness has to have a little bit of a negative connotation to it. Right. Whereas nostalgia for me is super positive. I mean, maybe some people might say it's more neutral than homesickness. But for me, I think it's really positive because I just think of nostalgia as like a really warm feeling inside my chest of of happy positive, constructive memories that shaped my existence in the past, right? And so for me, homesickness is definitely, again, not super negative, but it's more on the negative side and a frustration that I can't grasp at. Whereas nostalgia, um, just saying the word nostalgia makes me smile. She, of course, is not alone in her feelings of homesickness. 
We all experience this at some point in our lives. Perhaps it was the first day of school after your mother kissed you goodbye. Or maybe it was that first week in your new home already longing for a predictable hot meal. Regardless of its universality, this emotion can be hard to identify in oneself, but it's especially difficult in others. In my home, whenever I cook Mexican food, my wife always asks if I'm feeling okay. She's learned that limes, chilies, and cilantro are the holy trinity, the salvation for my poor homesick soul. As a child, my first realization of homesickness in adults came in an amusement park of all places. It was during my family's first and only ever trip together. My aunt had prepared a full day of roller coasters, tooth-rotting candy, and photos with weird-smelling mascots. By mid-afternoon, we had marked off most of the itinerary. Stomach aches? Check. Cross-eyed photos? You bet. Empty wallets? Oh, you better believe it. What's next? What's next? We insatiable little monsters demanded. How about something a little slower? My grandmother kindly suggested. Nearby was an attraction of optical illusions inside its slanted house. It seemed like a cool, quiet place to escape the scorching Texas heat, so the whole family poured inside. Instantly, the adults breathed a sigh of relief as the damp, cool air hit our faces. The interior was decorated to look like a rustic frontier cabin fit with a soundtrack of crackly bluegrass music. As a tour guide demonstrated the gravity-defying magic of the little cottage, my grandfather stood, frozen, gazing at a slanted broom. Unsure what to make of this strange sight, I inched up the incline toward my grandfather. Grandpa! Grandpa? I called out to him, but he didn't respond. He just stood there, motionless. Then, suddenly his hand shot up to his cheek, quickly wiping away a tear. What? Grandpa's crying? My little brain couldn't comprehend what I was seeing. He was a stoic man, who rarely showed emotions, much like the other men of his war-battered generation. Is Grandpa okay? I asked my grandmother. He's just a little homesick, Jeremy, she offered. Homesick? You're not so far away. I said to myself, imagining the two-hour drive to the park. It was only later, when speaking to my mother about what I had seen, did I understand that my grandfather wasn't actually from Texas. He had grown up over a thousand kilometers away in Ohio and moved to Texas as a young man. It never occurred to me that the man I saw nearly every day in his favorite armchair reading newspapers could have existed in another life without my mother or grandmother in a place so unimaginably far away. It seemed that my grandfather had been transported back home quite unexpectedly. His childhood came flooding back in a tidal wave of emotions. Even after 50 years, his feelings of homesickness were just as raw and certainly more complex than they had been the day he arrived in Texas. There he was, surrounded by his wife, children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, but he couldn't resist the swell of nostalgia or the pain of his lost past. 
But why didn't I know my grandfather sometimes felt sad when thinking about home? Of course, there was a cultural demand for men to suffer in silence. He seemed to be quite good at that, but there was something else on his mind at the moment. Perhaps it was his understanding of the modern attitude toward homesickness that is, as historian Susan Matt explained in her TED Talk, predicated on the idea that movement is natural and easy and that homesickness is a sign of weakness and immaturity. In preparation for this show, I posted a poll on Facebook where I asked foreigners how often they experience homesickness in Slovakia. Unsurprisingly, the vast majority of respondents answered that they at least occasionally experience it. What did surprise me, however, is that almost a quarter answered that they never experience homesickness. Of course, there could be countless reasons for this answer, many of which might be quite positive. This, naturally, is only a poll of immigrants who speak English and are well-connected on social media. But it did leave me wondering what the experience is like for our homesick foreigners. So I started by asking each of my guests what homesickness feels like for them. For some, it's a feeling of frustration, like for Mark Roberts from Australia, who has been living in Slovakia for 13 years, but finally decided it's time to move on. It's probably more frustration. I'd say it's frustration. Um, I don't think it's such an intense feeling. I just think that it's time. I've achieved what I wanted to achieve here in Europe, and it's time to sort of pass the reins on to someone else and just for me to, you know, go back home and just relax, you know, just start to get back into the Australian vibe. You know, it's much more relaxed lifestyle maybe less stressful, um, you know, but uh, it, I just feel now start to feel more uncomfortable here since that COVID period, you know, when everyone seems more uh, isolated and want to remain isolated. And that's where I feel uncomfortable with that. Uh, I want to interact with other people, but it's, it's very difficult here, very difficult. Brielle also feels frustration, but of a different type. Sometimes I get really frustrated with that homesickness, that it's like a, a need that I can't satisfy. So if I go to the store and, you know, yesterday I wanted to make big ziti. So I make my ricot from scratch, my ricotta cheese. And I need a lot of milk to, you know, we're a big family. It's so frustrating to me that I have to go to the store and I can only get one liter of milk at a time. <laughs> Right. So um, things like that, that I don't know if anyone or you, Jeremy, has ever watched House Hunters. So House Hunters International is just Americans going abroad trying to buy properties. So one of the most classic aspects of House Hunters International is that all the Americans go abroad and they're like, but where will my couch fit in this tiny apartment in Paris? Where will my refrigerator fit in this small village house in Germany, right? So the Americans are always complaining that everything in Europe is so small. And my husband and I used to watch House Hunters International when we lived in America and just be like, oh, these ridiculous people. Oh my gosh, like it's okay. You don't need your huge American, you know, double door fridge or your huge pickup truck, right? But truly, 
Like I miss Costco. <laughs> like I miss a gallon of milk. I miss a washing machine that can actually hold my comforter instead of just like three t-shirts. So I see this this kind of like I'm that House Hunters International person now who's like crying that I don't have a double door fridge. <laughs> For Lovi Minerva and Bel Hermosa, both from the Philippines, the feeling is characterized by a deep sadness. Uh, it does manifest physically. Um, I, I feel, well, emotionally it's sad, but also you find, I find myself just sometimes just crying for profusely for no reason. It, it's just really because, you know, you, you can't do anything about that situation. You just cry, and I guess sometimes um, it 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 also is more difficult because when you're crying, you don't have someone immediate to call, someone who'd be willing to listen to you at maybe three three a.m. to talk about your your issues or what what not. But yeah, well, it, it makes me sad. Like you know, there was there were times like. I just wanted to just lie down on the bed, you know, just, I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. And of course, if you take a look, you know, if you check on Facebook, you'd see people, like, especially in my country, they were going to the beach or my family, they were having special occasion. And it, it makes me really feel sad, you know, like, yeah, sometimes I would just even cry. Yeah. Of course, there are many reasons to be sad or frustrated. Sometimes the foreignness of your new home can be quite challenging. I can't say that there's really anything that gives me any feeling of similarity to Australia. The landscape is extremely different. The culture is is totally upside down. We even drive on the wrong side of the road here. You know, it's a constant reminder. Um, You know, just even going into the stores, you know, all the products are completely different. You know, you, we don't share too many brand names and products and things here in Slovakia or even in Europe. Um, so, no, I don't see too or really anything that, wow, that's similar to Australia. It's just not. You know, it's, um, it's two worlds, two worlds. Yeah. And, of course, there are the cultural differences. Um, gee, that's a tough one. Um, whew. In so many ways, I mean, I never learned a language in Slovakia, which is definitely my own fault. Um, but it is a lot of isolation. You know, I like to share stories. I like to share experiences. And and it seems for the most part here, people are just not interested, which is surprising because if I travel to other countries, be it Spain or the US, um, people always want to hear from, well, an Australian or someone from an foreign or exotic land and to a lot of people Australia is a dream place to go um I don't think there's anyone here that's ever asked me have I seen a crocodile you know have I seen a kangaroo no one seems curious um and to me that's it's an odd thing it's a really odd thing but you know I miss all of those things I want to go and see a crocodile again I want to see the kangaroos hopping across the fields you know and um you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. 
For those of us from warmer climates, winter can be a regular trigger for homesickness. Yeah, and、um, especially you know if it's winter, or, for example, the weather is really mean, or yeah, in winter, I, I always get really nostalgic. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's probably because well, I come from a tropical country, right? So people would always ask me,、well, "What's the weather like in the Philippines?" Well, we have you know two season. It's hot and very very hot. So yeah, I love spring. You don't have winter, sure. You don't have spring. No, you don't have that. But you know,、um, it's good to have different kinds of season too. You know, but it really makes me sad in winter because it's, it's just everything. You see everything white or no leaves. Yeah, and it's really cold. So, for me, winter always brings illness. This can often exacerbate the feelings of homesickness in many. For example, when I was hospitalized, and in the Philippines, it's not common that if you're hospitalized or if you're in the hospital and、um, nobody could watch you, it's it's really it's impossible. You know, someone had to be there for you, yeah, to, as your watcher, and it's not common here. So, yeah. Um, there were times that I was even crying in the hospital. For most, it seems that the greatest trigger for homesickness is the lost time and sharing with loved ones back home. That I can't、um, share the meals with my family, also with my parents, my brothers. You know, like I just again, we're Italian American from right outside of New York. It's it's a you know heavily populated with. Italian immigrants and descendants of Italian immigrants, so it's just a normal part of life for me to be able to go to the store, prep these foods, or go to local restaurants and eat these foods. And so, of course, those memories—you、um, know—it's olfactory memories. You know, I just want to walk into a pizzeria and smell the pizza. And when I'm baking pizza at home, it just kind of transports me back. You know, to America, and I immediately feel like, oof, I miss my family. I want to consume these meals with them, with my parents, with my brothers, with my friends. Um, um. So there's definitely that. Just it doesn't last long. It's just kind of an instant where I'm prepping something, or eating something, or even just thinking about some meal. Um, and for a moment, that kind of wave of sadness passes through me, like, oh. I wish it were a little easier to come by. I wish I could share these meals、um, or, or bake these foods with the people who I love, who I'm not with here in Slovakia.、Um, gee, it's, it's such a different culture.、Um, you know, being American as well, you've got to understand the family or the you know the barbecue, the Saturday afternoon barbecue.、Um, you know, we used to play backyard cricket in Australia.、Um, you know, so you'd be. You know, hitting the ball around, beer on the you know on the ground. So don't hit the ball at my beer can, or I'll kill you.、Um, you know, we've just just that sort of fun, and I've never done that here. Unfortunately, the desire for home is the most severe when we lose a loved one. For Bell, the experience was complicated by unforeseen circumstances. It's kind of better, but um, like three years ago. I was really nostalgic because during that time in January, it was、um, when my father was in coma, 
um, he had a stroke and he was hospitalized. And they told me, you know, go home, go home. Um, you need to see your dad. You know. And um, I couldn't go home at that time because my permanent residence card um, expired. And it was, well, I, I applied and I was still waiting at that time. So I, I couldn't leave the country. So at the time, I was very sad because my father died. Um, yeah, I was I was not there. Everyone was there except me. So yeah, I was you know I wanted to just be there because you know it's, our family is very close to one another, and I have six siblings. So and I'm the eldest, so I wanted to be there for them, you know. But the situation didn't allow me. Just as we experience homesickness differently, our ways of dealing with the emotion can be different. When the feeling arises, many prefer a good distraction. I, I think my way of coping is just to work. Um, believe it or not, if, if I'm feeling a certain way and I'm maybe missing the friends back home, yeah, of course, I'll call them and talk to them. But for me, um, I will normally, I love my work, so I will just work to take my mind off, um, you know, bad feelings, I guess, or, or f feeling of despair or um, trying to think of the right word. Um, maybe loneliness. It's very lonely here. Um, but, uh, you know, I love my work, so that keeps me occupied. I just listen to music, you know. <laughs> I listen to music and in summer it makes me feel better because I can see the trees, you know, the flowers, everything. So green, everything is green and it's hot. So it kind of, you know, helps me. Yeah. And I just listen to music or, or I just keep myself busy. You know? <laughs> Read something or watch movie or something, anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I play with my kids, so I cook. I don't want to give in now, but before, yes. But now, no, I, I try to distract myself, you know, from the feelings. Because probably it's just way, you know, like it's either um, I'm in denial or I'm just, you know, trying to help myself. Like, okay, be positive, right? You can't just be sad all the time. Actually, in general, I try to distract myself from uh, homesickness by looking for activities that I enjoy. And what I did was I tried to do activities and sports, for example, that I did back in Manila and uh, looked for some kind of um, organization or group that did the same thing. So, for example, in Manila, I did capoeira. And I looked for the capoeira school here in Bratislava just so there's a continuation of my previous activities, which helped because it's kind of uh, an anchor from um, my previous routines to this new country. It may be a new group, but it's the same activity. So it feels the same. It's There's a similar uh, feeling. There's a similar activity. There's a similar um, passion that I share with these different people. For Brielle and others, sitting with those emotions and memories is very important. Definitely not. I'm a super nostalgic person. I definitely want to acknowledge all of my feelings and, you know, feel totally comfortable that they're a part of me. 
I really, my husband is not a nostalgic person, actually. And so it's interesting because he'll often just wonder, why are you getting so hung up on that? Or why are you trying to, like, so, why are you trying so intently to remember that memory, for example? And yeah, I think I've always been a nostalgic person. Again, I think that's tied to photography. I've always loved pictures. I've always loved hearing stories, telling stories, and kind of clinging clinging to those those memories of times past. Not not in a way that you don't enjoy the present, but I think that you can do both. I think you can be really present and also be nostalgic for other times. So I I like to sit with those feelings definitely. Lovie has found that finding a community is key to staving off homesickness. I guess if I, I haven't been here this long, but I guess being homesick is normal. It's a normal thing to experience. But what helped me, I guess, is to really look for a strong and um, bonded community that I can integrate with. So in my case, it's the expat community and this sports group that I uh, that I joined. Just so... I can distract myself from being, from feeling sad because it. I felt like when I was alone in in another city at the beginning of in Slovakia, I didn't know anybody, and it's really easier to feel sad when you don't have anybody to talk to, and sharing um, this homesick uh, homesickness. With other people who are also homesick isn't so bad because you have this this shared experience and you eventually can cry about it together and then laugh about it together. So it's really looking for a community wherever you are, I guess. Occasionally when these strategies don't work, a little familiarity and a taste of home is just what the doctor ordered. There was one time my, my Filipino friends um, brought me some Filipino food so some noodles or canned canned goods. So yeah, it made me happy, right? <laughs> because when I came here, you know, Filipinos, if you open their luggage, right, you'd see a lot of canned goods, everything, Filipino foods in their luggage. In my case, I didn't bring anything at that time. I was just, you know, I was just bringing my clothes, my my shoes, my books, and then I realized. After a few weeks, oh, I miss some Filipino food. I forgot to bring some. Um, I like that I can hear music because it's something that I I didn't notice when I was in the Philippines. But someone pointed it out to me, a foreigner, uh, who a foreigner friend who came to the, to Manila and said there was music everywhere. So at least here in Slovakia, it's not as noisy as in Manila, but you can hear music. Occasionally in like restaurants and in buskers and, you know, people singing in the streets sometimes. So that I appreciate that it's not so quiet. There's a little bit of noise and hear people talking and chatting and laughing. And that's um, what reminds me of home. And I had never had a reason to go to the embassy before. And when we walked in, you know, you go through security and then you're officially on American soil, you know, like, you know, for all intents and purposes. And I actually got teary eyed. 
And I just felt like, a again, that wave of nostalgia, like, oh, I don't think about it on a regular basis, but there is a part of me that misses feeling home. And walking around and seeing all the signage in English and being able to just immediately speak English without having to check first if someone understands, that made me feel really nostalgic and really comforted. I hadn't actually felt I think in that in that tiny way that comforted the past three years, and it was so interesting. It was an experience I hadn't expected at all. It just completely something came over me of feeling like because I'm really not a super patriotic person in that sense. I'm not like anything. I don't feel particularly attached to being American, but when I was there. I kind of felt like, oh, I, I belong here and I'm welcome here and I don't have to do anything special to fit in here. I can just be me. And it was so strange. I wanted to stay longer. I wanted to like have another appointment for this some reason to keep being there. While homesickness can be a minor annoyance for some, it can be downright debilitating for others. If you are struggling, remember that you are not alone. There are millions of immigrants here in Slovakia and around the world that feel just as you do. We can and do build communities to support one another and share our stories, just like this podcast. But if you feel that your struggles are too much, there is professional help here in Slovakia. You don't have to suffer alone. And if there is anything homesickness can teach us, it's this. Well, it's not necessarily negative. You just miss it, you know. Uh, and also, maybe it it makes me appreciate where I come from more. I guess when you're in your own country, you take things for granted. But when you're taken away from that comfort zone, you and you're you're reminded of these things from your country. You appreciate, uh, oh, my culture. Is it so bad? <laughs> uh, or it, it's actually great, but I never really paid attention because you live there. But here, you kind of also share happy moments with other foreigners from different countries, from different cultures. And you, I found myself to appreciate Philippine culture more. And that is all for today's show. I would like to thank my guests Mark Roberts, Brielle Zahn, Lovi Minerva, and Bel Hermosa. This was a difficult topic to talk about, so I really appreciate your openness and honesty. Thank you also to all the voices at the start of the show. You can see their names in the show notes. And thank you to my son William for playing my younger self. And thank you all for listening. Your support encourages me to keep making more content like this. If you could please take a minute to rate and review the show, it would be a tremendous help. You can find the show on Facebook at NSAPA Podcast and my website at NSAPAPodcast.com. I also want to say hello and welcome to all of our Ukrainian families. I wish you safety, comfort, and and a quick and peaceful end to this brutal war. If any of you want to tell your story here, 
please contact me at the email address in the show notes. Thanks for listening.